0: Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at Church. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. So I uh, I found out last minute that I was preaching, and when I say last minute, I found out on Wednesday. Um, and I feel like this is like a new trend because I this happened last week as well, or last year as well. Um, but I am, however, extremely honored to be asked to speak on Mother's Day because um, you know, let's be real, mothers are superheroes, right? So uh, so it's it's an honor to uh, to speak today. Um, Last year I spoke on a mother's prayer, um, specifically my mother's prayer. And so when I was asked to do it this year, I kind of had a freeze on on what I was going to do. Um, Because I am a mother of of a two-year-old, so it's not like I can stand up here and give all of you mothers advice (laughs) who have been mothers for so much longer than myself. Um, I look around, and I am probably the newest mother. There's definitely kids that are younger than my son, um, but a lot of those kids have older siblings. So I think I'm the newest mother, um, per se. So listen, I don't have a lot of uh, advice for everyone. Um, every one of us have had different experiences being mothers. Uh, we raise our kids differently. We, have, uh, we, we discipline differently. We have different experiences with our children. Some mothers are stay-at-home. Some mothers work outside the home. We're, we all have different experiences, but we what we do all have in common as mothers is our learning curve and the uh, demands of motherhood. We all have that in common, and. Um, You know, we had to learn how to breastfeed or give a bottle. We had to, you know, function on little to no sleep. We had no routine, very little me time, um, and the list goes on. And I don't know about all of you guys, but when I became a new mother, I really struggled um, with my relationship with God um, because, well, I was trying to keep this little baby alive, And uh, I felt like my whole life um, revolved around making sure that he was still breathing when I woke up and making sure that he, I mean, I, I can't, the amount of food that these babies eat and poop and diapers and it, that was my life. That was my whole life. I didn't have time to read the Bible or pray because my life consisted of literally changing diapers every five minutes or nursing. Um, you know, and, and I felt very disconnected. I felt very disconnected. I had a very traumatic birthing experience. I was very ill. Uh, when I went into the hospital, we didn't realize that at the time. And so I, um, I thought I was going in for 48 hours and I ended up staying for a week. And, um, you know, it was traumatizing because it was right at the beginning of the pandemic. So I did not have my family. I didn't have visitors. It was my husband and I with this new baby trying to figure out life by ourselves in this little... I had a C-section, and so they gave us the C-section room. Now, anyone who's had babies knows the C-section room is, like, really small because they want you to have... It's a much shorter walk to the bathroom because you've had abdominal surgery, right? And um, so that was fine. We figured we were going to be there 48 hours, whatever. Well, when you're in there a week... And your husband can't even leave to get food. We weren't even allowed to open our door into the outside hallway for a week. It was... um it was interesting, to say the least, but um, it was hard, and so we came home, and things didn't change because we were still at the beginning of a pandemic, and the world had shut down, and so we walk into our home, and we still have no family, no friends, and so it was tough, and I felt very alone. I felt like I was in this by myself, that no one really understood what I was going through, and so I got into a rhythm. I, w- I was sick for about six to eight months after after having the baby, so when I was home, I I didn't do a lot except for feed and, and take care of the baby, and um, I, I just felt really alone, and, and so I started getting into this rhythm, and I started finding that middle-of-the-night feedings was my sweet spot. That was my spot to really pray, and I grabbed my phone, and I had the Bible app, and I would read scripture, and that was, that was really my connection time with God, and this, this one scripture really stood out at me, and I'm telling you, when I read it to you, you're going to say, show, With how many scriptures are in the Bible, this is the one that struck you? Like, seriously? But listen, I learned that God is faithful, and he will meet you where you are. Amen? And so it's Genesis 127, and it said, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. And so, you know, I I struggled because I thought, God doesn't know what I'm going through. I'm a woman. And, and and he purposely created females, mothers, sisters, daughters. When they act in their nature, they reflect him. If he purposely created me and I became a mother, then he must understand what I'm experiencing or how I feel in navigating motherhood. We grow up with hearing that God... He's a good father. He's a king. He sticks closer than a brother. And and that's when I felt disconnected because I said, "Well, <laughs> I'm not a father. I'm not a brother. I'm not a king. I'm a woman who's having a baby and there's no when he chose to come to earth, he robed himself in flesh as a man. He has no clue what I'm going through." And then I read that scripture and so I want to spend just a few minutes today talking about the maternal attributes of God. I'm going to start off with mothers give security. They give security. God says in Isaiah, like babies, you will be nursed and held in my arms. You will be bounced on my knee and I will comfort you as a mother comforts her child. Mothers give security. When my son is out and about, um, you know, my mother will pick him up sometimes. He goes to his aunt and uncles. When he comes home, I'm in, usually in the family room. He can't see me. The first thing I hear is, Mama. Now listen, um, anyone that's known the Franks for any amount of time know that we are an extremely loud family. So he doesn't come in just saying, Mama. He comes in, Mama! Mama! And, and, and what he's doing is he's saying, Mom, I need to know that you're here for my security. And that's what he's saying. In his way of saying mama, when I came home from school growing up, the first thing I wanted to know was if my mom was there. Now, listen, I love my dad. I adore him. I am a daddy's girl through and through. He is my all. I mean, I I love my dad. But when I come home or when I drive in the parking lot, the first thing I do is I look for my mom's car and I ask for where my mom is because mothers are security, mothers are healing. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, but we we were gentle among you just as a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. In Matthew chapter 15, a Gentile woman brings her sick daughter to Jesus to be healed. She showed great resolve and determination because in chapter 15, verse 28, Jesus says, "O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Mothers are healing. Great faith and determination are not the only way a mother is healing. I'm telling you, there's nothing like the faith of a mother in her children. Um, But it's more than that. A mother is healing to, she brings healing to her whole family. Think about when your child skins their knee, or they go through their first breakup, or the world is unkind to them. Who do they seek out? They seek out their mom. They seek out their mother to wrap them in their arms and tell them that everything is going to be okay. The world is going to be okay. There's nothing more healing to a child than a mother's arms. So a mother is healing. Um, I'm already seeing this at, you know, with Ritz at his age. He's two. He does still nurse. And, um, you know, it, it's funny because nursing solves everything. <laughs> Nursing solves everything. I'm not, I usually can tell if, if someone is at the house and they tell Ritz no, because he runs right over to me and he wants to nurse. Or if the wind blows a leaf wrong, he wants to nurse. Or if the dog looks at him wrong, he wants to nurse. We joke about the kid's got 99 problems and nursing solves every single one of them. Whether he's hungry or not, it solves it. Because mothers are healing and mother's sacrifice. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. A mother's middle name is sacrifice. Amen? You can clap. I, I never realized just how much my mother sacrificed until I became a mother. And I'm not talking materialistic things. And listen, my mother has sacrificed a lot. I can look around, I know a lot of these mothers here you know, very closely, um, and I know that you guys have sacrificed a lot for your children. There are things you go without so that your children have. That is sacrificial, absolutely. But the sacrifice is on a day-to-day, every day, and the number one sacrifice a woman makes for her child is her body is her body, Um, because we are growing these babies (laughs) inside of us. And here's the deal. Men will never understand the sacrifice a woman makes with her body for their baby. And I don't care what the world tells you, that the first man had a baby, that's an insult for a true mother, because a man has no clue what a woman sacrifices for her baby. I'm going to tell you a little story about the sacrifice of a mother. So, I got pregnant. I was 38. Michael and I were new. I think Michael and I were married for about nine months or ten months when I found out that, that I was pregnant. And um, I was considered, talk about an insult, on my paperwork, geriatric pregnancy. I was 38. I was geriatric. Like, ugh, whatever. But, anyway... Apparently they roll out the red carpet for you when you're geriatric. And uh, so I was a geriatric pregnant woman. And um, so what comes with geriatric, I guess, is issues and every issue you could have, apparently I got it. So um, I, got, I, I found out I was a uh, gestational diabetic um, and I don't remember how far along I was, but I, it was the dead of winter. It was cold and I was I a was, uh, diabetic. Now listen, um, you know how they talk about mother's cravings, like pickles and ice cream or weird stuff, you know? My craving was those big cocoa mocha latte uh, signature coffees from Dunkin' Donuts with the whipped cream on it with munchkins. And I'm pretty sure that's why I was, geriatric, or why I was gestational diabetic, but here nor there, we, don't worry about that part of it. But man, that craving, I mean, it was, it was strong. My, my physical um, fitness is, uh, my uh, advisor over here is just dying inside. And, um, but man, that craving was strong. And, and when I found out that I was diabetic, they said, you know, you can, instead of, I, I didn't want to be on meds. I didn't want shots. And they said the way to control it is with your diet. And I said, oh man, but okay, because I was sacrificing for my child. If I ate right, if I made the sacrifice, if I did the exercise, my son would be okay, right? So one of the things that they said was I had to exercise. Well, one of the things you had to do was walk immediately after your dinner, because that's supposed to bring your blood sugar down. Well, it was so cold, freezing cold, icy out, and Michael's like, I don't, I'm not comfortable with you walking at night with their like black ice and stuff on the, you know, being pregnant. I said, okay. Well, in our old house, we had a perfect little loop that went from living room, kitchen, dining room, back to the living room, right? So I started walking that loop after dinner. And I walked that loop while my husband sat on that couch. And I wa- and, and listen, for the first day or two, he would hold up signs that he made with the you know with the dogs on the couch. Good job, babe. We're proud of you. You know, and I'm like, "Okay, I can do this." And and I mean, he cheered me on. I'd come around from the dining room into the living room. They'd be clapping, the dogs would be barking. I'm like, "Okay, you know." And then I kept having to walk and he's sitting there playing on his phone and reading a book, and I'm getting angry. And every day I'm walking, I'm getting angrier and angrier. And now listen, he didn't, we were newlyweds, okay? And um, we didn't really know, he didn't really know that I was so passionate and, and angry about things. I'm walking this loop and I am, I am so mad at this point. Now you all know that the fall of man, the curse for women was to be, have pain in childbirth. The curse of man was to provide for her, his family and work in the fields, right? I'm going, women, we are so stupid. And he's just sitting there and I'm walking. We are so dumb. Women are the stupidest species. And he's like, what? And I go, you know, we had to take the curse of, of pain and childbirth and we couldn't stop there. We had to take the man's curse too and work full time. Cause we're equal. We are not equal. If you think we are equal, you are sadly mistaken. We are not. There's no equality about us, okay? I'm just putting it out there. Men are not sacrificing their bodies for their kids. So I walked and he said, he had the nerve as I was coming around and I'm spouting it off and he thinks I'm just, we're having a conversation. And he said, babe, if it makes you feel any better. Oh, let me add this part. As I'm walking around, he had the nerve to say, now when you pass through the kitchen, do you mind getting me a drink? <clears throat> yeah I got him a drink alright I got to walking around And he thought I was just You know giving a, We're starting a nice conversation While I'm walking And he's lounging With his feet up And the more I see him The angrier I get And he says Babe if it makes you feel any better I'm going to be starting a garden When we move to the new house and I sacrificed that day, church, because I knew that my son needed a father when he grew up. <laughs> he is still alive. And I made a sacrifice. Women sacrifice, to be serious, women sacrifice on a daily basis for their child, just as God has done for us on a daily basis. Mothers protect Hosea 13.8 says, Like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will attack them and rip them open. Like a lion, I will devour them. A wild animal will tear them apart. Mothers are protectors. It's not called mother's intuition for nothing. It is a protection that God has given us over our children. That is a mother's intuition. I was reading a blog earlier this week, and um, a mother uh, was talking about how she had an extended family member that was insistent on taking her kids to the zoo. And, you know, one thing with moms, you have this intuition, but sometimes if you're pushed enough, you, you tend to give in. And so she gave in, and she let this family member take her kids to the zoo. And the minute they left... She said it hit her that her kids were not safe, and she jumped in that car, chased them down the highway, and met them in the zoo parking lot and took her kids because she knew that they weren't safe. That is a mother's intuition. You know, I had Ritz at the, at the beginning of the pandemic, and, and I made a lot of decisions that were not popular with my family, with my friends, with what people thought that I should be doing. And, and I made those decisions because in my heart, that's what I felt I needed to do to keep my son safe. That was that was a decision I, I made because God gave us this instinct to protect our children. Mothers don't forget their child. This is one of my favorite verses. Isaiah 49, 15 says, "'Can a woman forget her nursing child "'and have no compassion on the son of her womb?' even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Mothers don't forget. This may be one quality, though, that probably frustrate the men in your life. (laughs) That mothers don't forget. When my husband and I go out on a a date night, he's, uh, you know, we're having dinner and he's talking, and all that's going through my mind is, I wonder how Ritz is. I wonder if he was fed. I wonder if he's sleeping. Oh, he can't sleep too long because he's gonna have to go to bed tonight. And just everything is going through my mind. And then finally I'll say, you know, should I text and make sure Ritz is okay? And he'll say, babe, can you just make it through the dinner without thinking of him? No. It's not possible. Mothers don't ever stop thinking about their kids. It's not possible. It just isn't. These characteristics, protecting, sacrificing, healing, not forgetting, these are God qualities that manifest in us as mothers because we are of him and from him. Don't apologize for it. Don't apologize. Don't ever say, I'm just being a mom, or that's just the mom in me. You know, we tend to do that. We tend to try, to try to apologize for the fact that we have intuitions, or we need to justify why we feel the way we feel. Don't do it. Don't ever say that. Or let someone mock you or criticize you for exercising who you are made to be. You are made to be this way. God made you this way. And this one's for you, men, okay? So listen up. Make room in your family for mothers to use their unique gifts. You're the mother of your children, your own mother, your wife's mother, the mothers you work alongside, the mothers your daughter will become don't overpower or belittle them don't overpower and belittle them don't make them feel bad for feeling like something's wrong something you know i've seen it i've seen it a lot where that oh you're just being crazy oh you're just being you know don't do that don't do that respect and honor how god literally made your wife respect and honor that and women demonstrate your femininity towards the children under your roof or with those you love around you. Step into your maternal nature. The world we live in cannot afford for you to hold back. They can't. And I'm actually going to close right now. I want to read a poem titled, God Created Mothers, In His Image They Were Made. And so on the sixth day, before it was all said and done, Before he took a moment to rest his heart, soul, and head, God looked around at the goodness he had already brought forth, and he realized he had one more handcrafted creation who deserved to be gifted new life equal to her worth. He stood in the quiet, deep in thought, molding the perfect caregiver he deeply sought. And so with his hand and heart, he began to craft the most beautiful creature who would never meet her match. For you see, golden was the color of her heart made for pouring forth love no matter how many times it may break apart. Her body was crafted to grow, nourish, and expand, but not only through the womb, for that was only one part of his plan. And so specially handcrafted, sorry, for he knew there would come the most precious, innocent babies who would have no one. And so specially handcrafted were these beautiful souls for it is in their pain and fear of the unknown that he would find a way to soften their hearts and within their embrace place the most special child to become their own. Her heart, was, her heart would be created with only the purest of gold and her eyes blessed with watching the beauty of new life open, grow, and unfold. Her lips soft and plush for the most perfect reassuring kiss. Her legs strong and battle worthy because a step she will surely never miss. Her arms crafted with heavenly strength to reach, stretch, carry, and hold for unbelievable lengths. Her voice strong and firm, sprinkled with a mix of encouragement and endearing for her entire life would be spent advocating and cheering. God created mothers in his image they were made. Humble, gracious, selfless, courageous, gently, handmade. God created mothers to carry forth the job no one else could. For only such a special heart and soul could carry the triumphs, trenches, and heart-bursting moments of the blessing called motherhood. I just want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. You don't have to have a biological children to have these qualities because these qualities are instilled in women. It's not just for your children. It's for the children of the church. It's for the children of your neighborhoods who may not have a mother or have this quality of a mother. I know that there's been a lot of hurts, and you may not have an earthly child. You may have one in heaven. You may have not been gifted a child, and yet you've tried and tried and tried. You still have these qualities. The world still needs you to step up and have these qualities. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, and if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you, and God bless.